0: Amen. Thank you, Miss Denise. We appreciate that song, and uh, what a blessing. It's kind of nice when the theme of the service comes together. Um, I didn't know she was going to sing that song, and she didn't know that I was going to preach on prayer this morning. And uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's good. Amen. And uh, I came in yesterday doing some work, and I saw the bulletins that Ms. Kathy had made, and uh, "Call upon his name right on the front. That was my first confirmation, Brother John. I was like, all right, I think I'm on the right track. And, uh, and then for her to sing that this morning, I appreciate that. It goes right along with the message. So if you have the, the Bible, uh, let's open God's Word together to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I was up here yesterday doing some work on our missionary ships, our boats in the back. We have a lighthouse theme back there. And uh, as if the church is a lighthouse sending the light of the gospel around the world, and our, our ships there are our represent our missionaries. And so we've kind of got all those updated now. You can see those in the back. And if, um, well, look, if there's a ship back there that's a little crooked, it's because that ship hit a wave. All right. That's what that is, just in case you're wondering. And uh, so they're all back there now and, and hopefully going the right direction. And uh, we've got... And an equal number on each side and all that. So we're good. We're actually, we're, we're ready to take on some new missionaries, and we're looking forward to having a few come through very soon and present their work to us, and we'll be praying about that. So uh, pray with us, if you would, and uh, we'll get, get the right ones in here. Luke chapter 18, if you found your place, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. And we'll begin in verse 1. We're going to have prayer, and then we'll begin reading in verse 1. We'll read down through verse 8 this morning as we read this passage of Scripture. So let's first pray, and then we'll read our text. Father, how we love you today, and how we thank you, Lord, for the precious Word of God. We thank you also for the instruction, for the guidance that you've given us in your Word on this matter of prayer. Lord, I would say this morning that none of us in this room, as long as we've been saved and as long as we've been going to church, None of us this morning would profess to be good or professional or, or, or to have arrived in this matter of prayer. Lord, I think all of us would be willing to raise our hands today and say, Lord, help me, teach me to pray. Lord, prayer is one of those things we, we talk about much and we practice little Not because we don't want to pray, it just seems that time evades us. It just seems that distractions sometimes overtake us. And Lord, I think all of us feel somewhere in our heart that we just don't pray as much as we should or as often as we should. And Lord, as we come to this subject of prayer, we we come hungry, we we come teachable, we, we come ready, good students eager to learn what you have for us. And so we pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to every heart, that you'll guide our thoughts today, that you'll teach us. Lord, truly teach us to pray and help us to learn this principle of prayer that we might practice this in our own prayer lives and, Lord, accomplish the things that you have for us in this life. So we ask you to do your work in our hearts. Speak to us through your word today. Help us to get a little better In this matter of prayer, in Jesus' name we ask, amen. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? What a powerful question. Shall he find faith? Well, it certainly takes faith to pray. That's our motivation. If we don't believe God's going to do anything, then we're certainly not going to ask him to do it. <clears throat> may God help us to learn a little bit, to get a little closer, a little stronger, a little better in this matter of prayer. So I want to preach a message from this text this morning that I've entitled, Don't Stop Praying. Don't Stop Praying. Thank you. You may be seated. This is a powerful text. It's one of those texts where the Lord is actually teaching His disciples about prayer. You know, at one time they did ask Him. They said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And that's a request that ought to be on all of our hearts as followers of Christ. We should want the Lord to help us to become better, stronger in this matter of prayer. If you've noticed, if you've been in the church any length of time, prayer is... As I said earlier, one of those subjects that we talk a lot about, but I'm afraid we talk about it more than we actually do it. And it's something that we really need to work on to develop in our Christian lives. And I confess, I'm not where I'd like to be in the matter of prayer. I haven't mastered the subject. And so I'm not speaking to you today as, as a, a master on the subject. I'm, I'm speaking to you today as one who's, who's taken a few notes and learned a few things along the way. And here's a great principle that I just want to share with you, that I'm trying to practice, and I hope you will try to practice in your prayer life. It seems that God has given this message, and, and, and the, the topic of prayer has been confirmed, and so it kind of gives me the hunch that maybe somebody needs this today. I don't know what's on your prayer list or what you've been praying about, but God knows. And His encouragement to all of us today through this text is don't stop praying. And I hope that's the message we'll receive today. Jesus is given a challenge in this text. And the prayer challenge that he's given us in Luke 18 is that we should pray continually. That is the lesson. Pray continually. Don't stop praying. Pray continually. Don't give up on your prayers. And Jesus is teaching his disciples that prayer principle through this illustration through this parable in this text today. Notice the Bible says in verse 1, it says, And Jesus spake a parable to, the, to them, and it was to this end. So this here is a parable. The characters are fictitious. Jesus is using this story as an illustration. That's what a parable is. A parable is an illustration. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So Jesus often used parables in his teaching and preaching to give a spiritual or a heavenly principle. And to do that, he would tell an earthly story. And that's exactly what he's doing here in this matter of prayer for his disciples. And he's doing that so that he might give them this prayer challenge so that they understand God's directive, his instructions to pray Continually. Notice with me, if you will, in verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus spake this parable and it says these words. I want you to notice it there. You might mark them if you're in the habit of marking in your Bible. It says, He spake this parable unto them to this end. I want you to see the parable purpose found in verse 1. This parable has a purpose. There's a reason why God told them this story, the Lord Jesus told them this story, and he was teaching them about prayer and how that they should pray continually. So he says the parable was given to this end. In other words, Jesus had a purpose for telling this story. This wasn't just idle talk. It it wasn't just, hey children, gather around for story time. And, and just to fill up, to occupy some time, to entertain you, I will tell a story. No, no, no. He had a purpose. This story had a purpose. And by the way, all parables have a purpose. The, par- the purpose of this parable was for Jesus to teach about prayer. And that is exactly what he st- uh, began to do as he illustrated this. The purpose of this parable. You know, when we read the Bible and we, we, we understand when God says something, let us remember that there is a purpose behind what God is saying. God doesn't mince words. God doesn't waste time in the pages of Scripture. And, and by the way, along that line, when, when God repeats himself in the Scriptures, it's probably because he wants you to remember that. Take note when something is repeated in the Bible it's probably important to God that you remember that. There is a purpose, a purpose, and I want us to understand that this morning, the purpose of this parable. Now, John said, if everything were written that could have been written about the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus and all the things that he taught and accomplished in his time, he said, the world itself could not contain the books Now, just think for a minute. How many books do you think it would take to fill up the whole world? Quite a few. But God only gave us one. If God could have given us a planet full of books, yet He chose to only give us one, then I would say every word has a purpose. There's no loss or lack of meaning in this book anywhere i would say god must have chosen his words very carefully if he narrowed all of that content down to just one book now if you've ever tried to read the bible from cover to cover who you're probably glad this morning he only gave us one book amen it is a challenging thing to read the bible all the way through i'm talking about reading it with attention reading it with understanding, reading it with retention. That is, you come away knowing what you read and, and you can tell someone else about it. Hey, reading it like that is difficult. It takes a lot of time and effort and energy. And, and you know, if you've done it, then you, then you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. He gave us just one book. Amen. 66 books contained within this one. And within that, 1,189 chapters, uh, that's a lot of reading right there. But how glorious it is. If you're in the habit of reading God's Word, then you know how good it is to read, to understand, and to get a hold of the purpose of what God has for us. Because when you get that, when you come away from your reading time, having understood the purpose for which God was speaking. Oh, listen, you come away with some treasure and you begin to put that into practice in your life. How good that is. You know, it even feels good to know that you know and are able to do the will of God in your life. You know, it's no different in this matter of prayer. Pray continually. God gave us a parable with a purpose. Now let's look at the parable. In this parable... Jesus told the story about this widow woman. And the Bible says in this city there was, there was a, a judge, but th- there was a problem. This judge didn't fear God, and he did not regard man. Well, the regarding man part is okay because, you know, our statue of, of justice is blindfolded because we say that judgment should be without partiality. And I love that. I agree with that. I think that's great, wonderful. That's how it should be. And so the not-regarding man part is okay because that fits the impartial image of justice, and that's good. But the not-fearing God part, oh, that's another story because that, that hinders the capacity of justice to cling to righteousness. So that means what's the basis of your judgment then? Is it fairness? You know, what's fair is not always right. And what's right is not always fair. That's another topic for another sermon one day. But notice this judge. God tells us who he is. And then he tells us in that same city, there's a widow there. And the widow had to come to this judge because of her need. And the Bible says in verse 3, She came unto him saying, Avenge me, mine adversary. And I, I just so affectionately remember uh, Brother Harold Clayton, if you've ever heard him preaching on this text right here. He, he said the widow woman came every day, he would say, about two o'clock in the afternoon, and she would knock on the judge's door. I mean, well, the Bible doesn't say that, but for illustration's sake, he was just trying to show us what it must have been like for this judge to, to have to deal with this widow woman who just kept coming. Two o'clock. Every day. Now, I haven't reached the point yet, but Brother, Brother Harold Clayton was up in years when I heard him preach this. And, and um, two o'clock in the afternoon, I think, was nap time. <laughs> and he, and he, just, he would describe this judge, you know, being disturbed in his nap. This little woman coming. He'd open the door and say, Oh, it's you again. <laughs> And the widow woman would just say, please, avenge me, my adversary. Who else would, could she turn to? With a legal problem in her hand, she was forced to come to the judge, the only one who could help her. How many of you know where I'm going? Sometimes life is that way that gives us circumstances, that gives us issues, we call them problems that only God can solve. Isn't that right? And so we take our request to the Lord. Isn't that what the Bible says we should do? That in everything by prayer and supplication we should with thanksgiving we should make our request known to God? That's what the scripture says. And so we should come just like this widow lady. The problem is, we're like her in that we come with the request, but we're not like her in that she kept coming. As a matter of fact, she came so often with her knock on the door. The Bible says, this judge finally said in verse 4, he would not help her for a while, but afterward... After what? <laughs> After she just kept on, kept on coming. One day he said, I'm going to avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now, now this, this was a judge who, he, he didn't care about nobody. He didn't fear God. He didn't regard man. And obviously, he wasn't really interested in her case, because for a long time, he wouldn't even help her. He didn't even help her out of compassion, because she was a poor widow woman. No, that wasn't the case at all. Isn't it interesting that God uses this guy to teach us something about prayer? But he does. And often when we teach, we use what is referred to as comparison, and then there's contrast. And we have both present in this story. You and I are being compared to the widow woman. And we have needs that we have to come and we have to bring to the Lord because only He can help us with those. And then there's contrast. We're looking at this judge, and he is not a comparison. He is definitely a contrast to our judge, our Savior, our God, our Lord, the one we come and bring our petitions to, because he is just, not unjust, as this judge. How do I know this judge was unjust? Well, I got a hint of that when he wouldn't help the lady. He wasn't interested in helping her. But I, that hint was confirmed when Jesus said in verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge saith. The unjust. I told you that was a problem in the beginning when we found out that he didn't fear God. It kind of set him up to be an unjust judge, didn't it? And then he wouldn't help the widow lady for a while. He wouldn't help her. Not interested. Kind of a contrast, isn't it? Because that's his job, to, to solve cases. He wouldn't help her, wouldn't hear her case. Finally, he gives in. Not for her, this judge, he does it for himself. He said, man, I sure am tired hearing that knock on Oh, my goodness, it's her again. And so Jesus is going to contrast that judge with our judge, the one we bring our petitions to. That's the parable. That's the story he told, the great story he used to illustrate how you and I should bring our prayer request to the Lord. But then I want you to see the illustration that he makes with the widow woman. In verse 5, the Bible tells us Jesus is illustrating prayer here, and he says in verse 5, Yet because this widow woman troubles me, I will avenge her, lest, watch this, by her continual coming she weary me. Now, in verse 1, we notice the phrase, to this end, and we saw the parable had a purpose. In verse 5, we're seeing the expression the judge made about the widow, by her continual coming. What is that? That is an illustration of what Jesus is trying to teach us about prayer. So in verse 5, we find the prayer illustration. It's the widow woman who came and came... And came and kept on coming until the judge finally said, okay, I hear you. But he was the unjust judge, remember? The illustration is her continual coming over and over and over and over again. She comes with her request. It's kind of funny the way Brother Clayton preached this sermon because he he illustrates it, you know, with nap time and two o'clock in the afternoon. And, man, here comes the widow woman again. And, and, and it's just funny because he actually acts out the characters. And he messes up his hair, and, you know, when he comes. And here's the judge with bloodshot eyes, you know. Why? Because she's interrupted his nap every day for I don't know how long. And this guy is beside himself. You know, he is really getting upset. Okay, he says. Well, I'm finally going to take care of this widow woman. Her continual coming. I want to ask you a question. How long do you pray for something before you stop? I mean, stop praying. Stop asking. Give up on the request. God's not going to hear that. He's not answering. I remember in Georgia when a lady got saved in our church. Afterwards, I found out from another lady in our church She came up and said, Pastor, she said, we used to work together in the factory. She said, I've been praying for her for 13 years. There's a lady who didn't give up on her prayer for her friend to be saved. How long you got to pray for somebody before they get saved? Well, for her, it was 13 years. I don't know about you, but when I read this text, when I understand this story, I'm convicted. Because I I am forced to think of the times, maybe I don't even remember them all, the prayers that I just gave up on. After one day, two days, one week, two weeks, one month, one year, two years, three years, yeah. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if God isn't watching us from heaven thinking to himself, how important is this to you, really? Oh, you're asking me for... Ooh, okay. Wow, it's a big deal. Or how much you really want that? I wonder if God hesitates to answer just to see if we're really serious about this. You know, we want to ask God for some big things. I mean, big stuff. Like, sometimes we ask him, like, you know, for the moon. And I think the Lord says, okay. Do you know what it's going to take? Can you pray that long? Hmm. The parable had a purpose, and in that purpose was a prayer illustration. But I want you to see the, the comparison, the contrast, rather, that, that Jesus makes with the judge. And in verse 5, the judge says, Yet because of this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wear me. Notice he says, I will avenge her. And I'm thinking, Wow. Jesus makes this comparison in the parable. He's comparing the widow woman with our prayers. And in this parable, she gets the unjust judge to avenge her. And he compares that with you and I. When we bring our petitions to our heavenly Father... It's really more of a contrast, isn't it? Because our Heavenly Father already wants to do whatever this is we're praying about. That is, if we're praying in the will of God and, and not some fleshly wrong desire, you know, we're, we're bringing the right kind of petitions. And if you've been saved any length of time, that shouldn't be too hard to, to make sure you're bringing the right petition to the Lord. If you're praying about it, then it's probably something in the will of God, that it would be something he already wants for you. Hey, what parent wouldn't provide something for their kid when they ask them for it? If it was something good for them, something they need anyway. It's kind of like, hey, if your kid comes to you and says, hey, listen, mom, dad, listen, uh, I need a backpack for school to carry my stuff in. Well, like, yeah, we're going to get that. Right? Hello, y'all with me? Like, oh yeah, you don't have to pray too hard about that because I want you to succeed in school and uh, granted, I will do that. We will get a backpack, right? You know, God's that way. He, he's our parent. He's our heavenly father, the Bible says. As a matter of fact, if we, if we, if we read the scriptures, we understand that, that God makes that comparison in another passage and, and, he, and he compares that. And in talking about if our... If our Um, If our child asks for something good, would we give them something bad in place of it? No. We're going to provide that good thing because we want them to have it. God is our Father. He's, He's our judge, but He's not an unjust judge. This unjust judge said, I will avenge her. Don't you think God wants to grant and answer your prayers? Certainly He does. And if you're praying for the right things, then He probably already wants you to have it. And maybe that's why He put the desire in your heart in the first place. There's a scripture that says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of your heart. It kind of makes me think, God is not a genie in a bottle, right? He's not looking... We don't just rub Him and get three wishes. That's not what that verse means. But I think it means this. When we delight ourselves in Him and we tune our heart to Him, then He gives or implants the desires of our heart. When we're right with God and we're in tune with Him like we should be, I think those desires in our heart then are right and probably from Him. And then when we bring those desires to Him in prayer, guess what? He already wants us to have that. Would he not grant it? So that he can grant it, he's telling us, keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. Be like this widow woman who keeps coming back. Avenge me of mine adversaries, she says. Won't take no for an answer. He said, I will avenge her. Oh, I believe God wants to avenge us. Jesus then goes on to say in verse 7, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. (laughs) Wait a minute. I got a couple of questions. Did you notice in verse 6, he said he used the word long. He bare long with them. But then in verse 7, he said he's going he's to he's avenge them speedily. Now, um, <clears throat> you, you want to be a student in the room, right? Lord, uh, wait a minute. Which one is it? Is it long or is it speedily? Yes, <laughs> he's going to say yes. The request part is long. But when it's granted, it's going to be speedily executed. Does that make sense? So our question then has to be this. How long is long? Well, the Bible says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. Okay. You get where I'm going with that? You know, our timetable is not his timetable. And because of that, you and I will honestly never know the answer to that question. How long do I have to pray about this before God answers? Who knows? Until he answers. The question for you is, are you willing to be continual about this matter before God? That's the question. Are you willing to pray until he answers, however long that is? Hey, I wonder when we get to heaven if there won't be a space where God says, look, here's all the stuff you gave up on that you could have had. I was going to answer it, but you just quit. You just stopped praying. Man, that would be disappointing. No wonder he's going to wipe away some tears in heaven. Wow. Verse 7, and shall not God avenge his own elect, though he bear long with them? What a question. So Jesus is using an unjust judge to teach us, to help us understand that God longs to answer our prayers, and he wants to. But in order to do that, you and I have to keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying, and keep on praying until he answers. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't stop praying. Now, I want to wrap this up with just a train of thought through the Scriptures. In Luke chapter 18, 1, the Bible says the purpose of this lesson, this parable, was this. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. Not to faint. Jesus taught this lesson, and he gave this parable to teach them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. He's saying, don't give up on your prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17 says this. I never understood that till I understood Luke 18. It says, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That means you'd never say amen. You just kind of keep on through the spirit of prayer. Night and day, blah, blah, blah. No. Nobody can do that. 1 Thessalonians five seventeen: "Pray without ceasing" means don't give up on your prayers. Don't stop praying until God answers, or until He tells you to stop. You know, Paul prayed for something, and God said no. God answered, but the answer wasn't what he wanted it to be. But God answered that request. As a matter of fact, Paul kept on praying because he didn't get the answer he wanted. I don't blame him, because he was praying about that thorn of the flesh. You remember that? That ailment that that was really a bother to him, and he was praying, Lord, please. And finally, God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And he stopped. We should keep on praying. Pray without ceasing means don't quit on your prayers. Don't give up on your prayers keep on praying whatever it is you're praying for whatever it is you're asking God some great thing you're asking God for somebody to be saved or something like that don't stop and then there's Matthew 7 7 and 8 powerful passage of Scripture these two verses I mean man if this won't encourage you to pray nothing will if you read Matthew 7 in light of Luke 18 it's, it's powerful. Because Jesus said this in Matthew 7 7: Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Like, like the judge said, I will avenge her. This is God. This is Jesus in verse 7 saying, Ask and it shall be given. Seek, you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. And then in verse 8, he gives the reason. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. That's a prayer promise. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. But there's a secret to this verse, these verses that you don't see right away. It's kind of the reason Jesus taught in parables. It just kept it kept the treasures of truth from the hearts of those who really weren't interested. But to the disciple, to the true follower of Christ, to the student of the word, we dig a little bit and we find something very interesting. And that is the word ask is in the present progressive tense, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm no Greek scholar, but I'm telling you, it means this. It means to ask and keep on asking. And then the word seek is in the same tense, and it means to seek and search until you find it. And the word knock is in the same verb tense, and it means continual like every day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Avenge me of my adversary. (laughs) So Jesus is interpreting uh, or illustrating, explaining, if you will, Matthew 7 with Luke 18 and and teaching us the continual principle of prayer. Sometimes, sometimes God bears long with us in our prayers. And because of that, it's very important that you and I We do not stop when we're praying for good and godly things to occur. We need to keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying because the promise is in verse 8. If you ask and keep on asking, if you seek and keep on searching, if you knock and keep on knocking, the promise is it shall be given to you. Now, if you know God made you a promise before you ever started praying, why would you not pray until the fulfillment comes? You say, well, I don't know, preacher. I'm not really sure if God's going to answer this prayer. Why? Because you're praying for something you shouldn't be praying for? Are you asking God for something that's not good for you? Or because you just think it's been a long time and you're ready to give up? Which is it? And if it's the the latter, don't blame that on God. That's that's you. That's your choice. Now, if you think Matthew 7, 7, and 8 are good, and I think they're great, that's a powerful promise. God said, if you ask this way... By the way, verse 7 says, ask, seek, and knock. And if you write it down like that, then you just circle the first letter of each word, guess what it says? Ask. So God wants you to ask and ask and ask until he answers. That is how we're supposed to pray. Remember, the disciples did say, Lord, teach us to pray. Here Jesus is doing that. Let's learn the lesson. Now let me give you 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Powerful conclusion. John, and this is later in his, in his years, a more mature believer, follower of Christ, as John writes the books of 1 John, second, third. Look what he says. This is a more mature John than what you saw in the Gospels. And as he's grown in Christ and as he's practiced this matter of prayer, he says in verse 14 of 1 John chapter 5, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now just let that soak in for a minute. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. You have God's word on it. God said it. He's teaching this to us. Look at verse 15. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask. Are you ready? (laughs) We know. Oh, you might want to circle that word. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Wow. Hey, let me ask you a question. Can you know before you ever start praying that God's going to answer that prayer? According to this verse, you can. Now I understand the prayers of Andrew Murray and great saints of old who knelt down to pray, knowing God was going to answer their prayer. And they got up in faith, walking toward it. Because they got a hold of this truth right here. So as I wrap this up this morning, I'm leaving you with verse 15. One of the greatest prayer promises you can put in your pocket. And my challenge to you this morning is the same challenge to me. God has given it to us. Don't stop praying. The prayer principle is that we need to continue our prayers. Continue them. The only time you stop praying for something is if God says no or if you realize you're praying for something that is not in His will. Sometimes we can do that because we're flesh. Sometimes our flesh gets in the way. We start asking for stuff just to make us feel good. And sometimes God can reveal that to us and we can say, you know, man, I'm just praying in the flesh about this. Right? That's the only time you should ever stop praying until God answers. Now, I don't know what, what's on your prayer list. I don't know what's in your heart this morning. But I hope. I've been able to help encourage you just a little bit. And I hope this promise right here makes you as excited as it does me, knowing that God will answer our prayers. But we have to be willing to pray sometimes long. Long. The lady in Georgia prayed 13 years for her friend to come to Christ, and she came. And at first I thought, man, it was our revival. It was that great message. It was the book of Revelation. God got her attention, you know. After I heard that, I thought, it wasn't any of that. It wasn't this preacher at all. She got saved because that lady prayed for her for 13 years. And it was just like that widow woman. God in heaven heard the knocking of that lady's prayer. Every time she got on her knees and called out her name, God heard that. And one day God said, okay. And she came to church, and got under conviction, God dealt with her, and she got saved. And what an answer to prayer. And I don't have to tell you how big that lady was smiling when she left church that morning. Hallelujah. Hey, whatever you're praying for today, don't stop praying. Let's bow for prayer. Father, how we love you today. How we thank you so much for your precious word. Lord, how we know you love us and how we struggle sometimes to identify the right things, to bring them before you in prayer. And then, Lord, our biggest struggle because we're weak and because our flesh just doesn't, doesn't align with spiritual things. We just sometimes give up too early, I'm afraid. We quit too soon on many of our prayers. Lord, thank you for teaching us, teaching your disciples, and through the written scriptures, now us, how to pray. Thank you for giving us this prayer principle and these prayer promises. And we do ask you, Lord, to help us not to give up on our prayers. Help us to see the answers come. Help us to believe your word as you promised to hear and answer our prayers. May we come with that kind of confidence, that kind of faith as we pray. And Lord, we thank you in advance. First for teaching us and reminding us of this. And then Lord, thank you in advance for all that you're going to do as a result of us putting this into practice. there's No telling what prayers will get answered as we just obey what you taught us and put it into practice in our lives. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.